0: He had been a leper. Then he was gone, irretrievable, and the voters and politicians of the county felt responsible. They lobbied the state legislature, they passed mill levies, they applied for grants, they built Berenford Memorial Psychiatric Hospital. Outside Joan's room, Lyndon paused. Mr Covenant, The more I think about it, the less I understand what inspired you to take care of your mother. Roger's manner sharpened. The last time I saw her, he replied. She told me that if she failed, I would need to take her place. Until yesterday, I didn't have the resources to do that. Lyndon's stomach seemed to fall away. Failed at what? Long ago, Joan had sought out Thomas' covenant. No, not sought out. She had been... Sent, in order to teach him despair. She had failed absolutely. Isn't that obvious? Covenant's son returned. She's here, isn't she? Wouldn't you call that failure? No. For a moment, Lyndon's heart quailed. Take her place. Ten years ago, empowered by all of those hands thrust into the flames, all of that seeded pain as well as by the fatal rush of Thomas Covenant's blood, a bitter malevolence had drawn Lyndon in Covenant's wake to another place, another dimension of existence. With Covenant, she had been summoned to a realm known as The Land, where she had been immersed in evil until she was altered almost beyond recognition. During the black hours of that one night... Before Julius Berenford had found her with Covenant's body, she had somehow spent several months outside, or deep within, herself, striving to win free of her own weakness and the legacy of her parents, in order to preserve the beauty of a world which had never been meant for corruption. Now Roger's words seemed to suggest that she would have to face it all again. No, it was impossible. She was flinching at shadows, echoes. Roger's father was dead. There would be no second summons for her. The land was Thomas Covenant's doom, not hers. He had given his life for it, as he had for Joan, and so its enemy, the dark being known variously as Adjeroth, the Grey Slayer, and Lord Fowl the Despiser, had been defeated. Lyndon set aside her alarm and faced Covenant's son. What do you mean... You have the resources to take her place. It's simple, Roger replied. Yesterday I inherited my father's legacy. He left everything to my mother. But she was declared incompetent when she was committed here. Ms Roman, my father's lawyer, has been trustee of the estate, but now it's mine. Once I've persuaded you to release her, she and I will live on Haven Farm. She'll like that. She and my father were happy there. Lyndon swallowed a groan. Thomas and Joan Covenant had lived on Haven Farm until his leprosy had been diagnosed. Then she had divorced him to protect their son from his illness. No doubt she had believed she was doing the right thing. Nevertheless, her awareness that she had broken her vows when her husband had needed her most had given the despiser a foothold in her soul. Her shame was fertile soil for the seeds of despair and madness. And when she had been deprived of every conscious impulse except the desire to taste her ex-husband's blood. Covenant had cared for her on Haven Farm. The idea that Joan would like living there again nearly brought tears to Lyndon's eyes. That isn't what I meant, she insisted thickly. You said she told you to take her place if she failed. Did I? You must have misheard me. Now I can take your place, Dr Avery, and care for her. Abruptly, without challenging his falseness, Lyndon drew him into his mother's room. The room was spacious, sunlit. The only piece of advanced equipment present was a pulse monitor, its lead attached to the index finger of Joan's left hand. Her pulse was steady, untroubled. Joan sat upright in the bed, staring blankly at the door. Restraint secured her arms to the rails of the bed. Although loose enough to let her adjust her posture, she never did. Her stare never wavered. If she ever slept, she did so with her eyes open. Her years of catatonia had marked her poignantly. The skin of her face hung slack on its bones, giving her a look of mute horror. Her limbs had wasted to a pitiful frailty, and nothing the experts could do had spared her from losing her teeth. A sore the size of her palm stigmatised her right temple. A long series of blows had given her a deep bruise, which had eventually begun to ooze blood as the skin cracked. Now a dripping red line, veined with yellow and white, ran down her cheek, in spite of everything that could be done to treat it. When the bruise had first begun to bleed, Lyndon had covered it with a bandage, but that had made Joan frantic. Now, on Lyndon's orders, the wound was allowed to bleed, cleaned several times a day, slathered with antibiotics and salves to counteract an incessant infection, but left open to the air. Apparently, it calmed Joan in some way. Roger's face betrayed no reaction. Lyndon had expected surprise, shock, dismay, indignation, perhaps even compassion, but she saw none. He asked softly, Who hit her? He didn't sound angry. Lyndon sighed. She did it to herself. That's why she's restrained. It started a year ago. We tied her wrists, but she got out of the restraints. Got out, Roger put in abruptly. How? We don't know, she admitted. We've never been able to figure it out. Usually it happens late at night when she's alone. We come in the next morning, find her free, blood pumping from her temple. We set up video cameras, recorded everything. As far as we can tell, the restraints just fall off her. Then she hits herself until we make a stop. It only happens three or four times a night now, occasionally during the day. What changed? he asked. What did you do? Three months ago, I gave her back her wedding ring. Lyndon lifted the collar of Joan's nightgown to reveal the silver chain around her neck, the dangling white gold wedding band. Roger's smile hinted at sudden hungers. I'm impressed, Dr Avery. How did you figure it out? Lyndon shrugged. For the last two weeks before your father was killed, he took care of Joan. She had already lost her mind, but she was much worse than this, practically rabid. The only thing that calmed her was the taste of your father's blood. He would let her scratch him until she drew blood. Sucking it off his skin would bring her back to herself for a little while. Now she hits herself, Mr Covenant. She needs to hurt herself, I don't know why. As punishment? For her role in her ex-husband's murder? It certainly looks like she's punishing herself. And she won't tolerate a bandage. Her own bleeding seems to comfort her, like a kind of restitution. And if restitution calmed her, I wanted her to have more of it. Her ring, the symbol of her marriage, was the only thing I had. And Joan had lapsed into her comparatively pliant trance as soon as the ring of white gold had touched her skin. Roger nodded. You did well, but you've done all you can. She won't get any better than this unless I help her. There are things you don't know about this situation. They can't be conveyed in words. The knowledge has to be earned, and you haven't earned it, not the way I have. Let me show you. His hands trembled as he undid the restraint on Joan's right wrist. Lyndon expected her to strike herself but she stared past Roger vacantly. Roger lifted his palms to Joan's cheeks, cupped them against her slack flesh. He seemed to quiver with eagerness. Unsteadily, he turned her head until he could gaze straight into the absence of her eyes. Mother. His voice shook. It's me. Roger. Lyndon bit down on her lip. All the air in the room seemed to concentrate around the bed, too thick to breathe. In the bonfire, where Joan's captors had destroyed their right hands, she had seen eyes, like fangs, look out hungrily at Covenant's impending murder. At the time she had believed they held malice, but now she thought the emotion might have been despair, an emptiness which could not be filled. Mother, Joan blinked. With an effort, her eyes came into focus on her son. Roger? Her disused voice crawled like a wounded thing between her lips. Is it you? Of course it's me, you can see that. Roger sounded vexed, as though Joan were a servant who had disappointed him. Oh, Roger...